Well, folks, please have your Bible there and please sit in front of your Bible and fasten your seatbelt. We are in chapter 16 of the book of Revelation, and we will be dealing with five of the seven plagues. Now, I just want to remind you that in chapter 15, uh, verse 7, one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials. We talked about vials, remember? Vials full of the wrath of God. And so we're going to be talking about those. Now, just as a side note, this is interesting. It says the wrath of God. It doesn't say the wrath of the Lord. You say, well, isn't it the same thing? Well, not quite. Both expressions are used in the Bible. And it's very interesting. But when we study the context of each phrase, be it the wrath of God, the wrath of the Lord, we find that the expression wrath of the Lord is used in context with the Jewish people. And the wrath of God is used in context with the Gentile nations. And so that's just something interesting for you. Something to think about. Let's have a word of prayer and let's get into chapter 16. Shall we? Heavenly father, we ask now that your Holy spirit would make real to us the events that will soon transpire upon this earth. Help us to have a heart of compassion for lost people and to do everything in our power to try to reach them with the gospel. Lord, we can't save anyone, but we can at least share the word of God and the gospel with them. Help us to be faithful. Now bless our study in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I have my clicker and let's see if I can click. Okay. Look at that. Revelation 16, five of the last seven plagues. Now verse one, we have, uh, and I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And so we have this great voice. The idea of great here means that it's very loud. Uh, I suppose it could be heard all over. The greatness of the voice signifies alarm. It signifies judgment. It signifies something important, severe importance. In fact, now this voice, how loud was it? Well, we don't know, but I thought I would just take a look on the internet and see what is the loudest sound ever recorded in the earth. And apparently it was in 1833 and it was when the um, volcanic eruption on the Isle of Krakatoa took place. Apparently 36,000 people died. Shock waves were felt around the world and the sound was heard 3000 miles away. Now that's like the distance between Vancouver and Toronto or Vancouver and Cuba or Vancouver and Honduras. That's a long piece away. It's 5,000 kilometers, 3,000 miles. Now, let's see here. We have uh, a picture up here for you showing all of the, the seven 
different plagues. One, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. And now what we want to do is start going through those. So we're in verse two. So we give a little click here on the clicker. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. And so we have here sores, sores that are poured out upon those who worship the beast and those that have the, the mark of the beast, the 666, uh, either in their forehead or in their hand. These, uh, these are very painful wounds. It's some sort of disease. The Bible here in verse two calls it noisome, N-O-I-S-O-M-E. Now that doesn't mean noisy. It means well, the, uh, the, the prefix noi is a shortened form of annoy. So <laughs> have you ever been annoyed? Yeah, you've really been annoyed, have you? The idea here is some sort of harm. It's very harmful. It's a, a harm sum. It's a misfortune. It's a, a, a disease here that hurts people. And so it's very harmful, a harmful and grievous that speaks of sorrow and grief. That's, that's how bad this is. And it's a, a terrible sore, but it's not on saved people. God is going to make a distinction. Come the second half of the tribulation. And God is going to pour out this harmful, this noisome, grievous sore upon all the earth's people that have the 666 in the back of their hand or on their forehead. And they will experience this horrible plague. Now we're going to click our way into verse three here. Here we go. Verse three. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea. And it became as the blood of a dead man. And every living soul died in the sea. Now this could be all of the oceans around the world probably is, or it could be just the Mediterranean sea. I don't know. Probably all of the oceans around the world, they become as the blood of a dead man. That's very toxic. Toxicity is on a high level at this point. Every living soul in the, the sea dies. Now, some people wonder how this could possibly happen. All we have to do is remember back to uh, Egypt and the 10 plagues and the uh, Nile, how the Nile river became like blood. Every living soul. I think um, at, at this, in this particular verse, maybe a reference to humans as opposed to fish. I think that they'll die later. Um, Psalm 65 verse five says by terrible things in righteousness, thou wilt answer us. O God of our salvation who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are afar off upon the sea, possibly also small islands of the sea as well. Ezekiel 26, 18 says, now shall the isles tremble in the day of thy fall. Yea, the isles that are in the sea shall be troubled at thy departure. And so here we have now two of these horrendous, plagues that are going to be poured upon planet earth. 
We've got the horrible diseases uh, of sores all over the body. And then we have the ocean waters turning to blood. Now, someone may say, well, I'm not sure that I believe that. And all we can say is, well, good luck with that. God bless you. But that's what God says here in the scriptures. And so now we want to uh, uh, look now at um, uh, the next, the next verse here. Uh, and the third verse four and the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of waters and they became blood. Let's see. I think we have a, yes, there we have another slide there for you showing the, the rivers and fountains becoming toxic uh, with water like blood. And let's see, I think we've got another, Hey, there we go. Look at that. Look at that one, blood everywhere. You go to the kitchen sink and open up the tap. Now, someone may wonder, is that exactly what's going to happen? Well, don't see why not. Uh, it could well be. Uh, we don't have any reason to doubt it. Verse five, and I heard the angel of the waters say, thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. <laughs> so here we have it. This is the reason, it seems, why God is pouring out this horrific uh, plague upon the waters, because the world has shed the blood of righteous people, shed the bl their blood like as if it was water. And so God is rewarding them with water. And you'll see in verse seven, and I heard another out of the altar say, even so, Lord God almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. So this means that what God is doing is absolutely correct. There's no mistake. God has not made a mis an error or, or a, um, a mistake in judgment. This is not a, a sin or transgression. This is absolutely a righteous judgment of God to do this sort of thing to the, uh, the wicked people in the world. Now we're going to get to the, the next plague here. And there we go. Verses eight and nine talk about the sun scorching people. Now remember, this is unsaved people who blaspheme God. This is unsaved people who already have experienced the first plague of the sores on their body. Verses eight and nine. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire and men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. So I did a little study here. Um, how hot does it have to get before people get scorched? Now we've had a couple of hot days this week. I think the temperature was, maybe 26, 27 degrees Celsius. Well, I did a little study and I found that the human skin begins to burn at about 55 degrees Celsius, 130 degrees Fahrenheit. I checked to see what was the world record, the world record uh, that's been officially documented. There's a lot of speculate speculation as to what temperatures were here and there, but there's nothing officially documented. 
but according to the World Meteorological Organization, the highest registered temperature on Earth was 56.7 degrees Celsius. That's 134 degrees Fahrenheit. And it was recorded in a place called Furnace Creek Ranch in California. That's located in an area they call Death Valley. It's in a desert in the United States. And it happened the 10th of July, 1913. And they have it officially recorded there. So there's no ifs, ands, or buts. They got the data. Now that is hot. You get to 40 degrees Celsius, and that's a heat wave. And people die. They suffocate and die in that kind of heat. But I think that the heat that is going to be coming with this plague is going to be more than what they experienced in Death Valley in 1913. I think (laughs) if you compare the two, the temperature they had in Death Valley is going to seem cool compared to what's going to come on the earth. And God is going to make that happen. And we know that the sun is a big ball of fire. They've sent these um, cameras on satellites very close to the sun. And they've been able to record the, the flames coming off of the sun. Well, God is going to do something that's never been done before. And he is going to bring this fourth plague upon the earth and the sun will scorch. Everyone? No. The unsaved people of the earth will get scorched. Those are the ones that will get scorched. God is going to make a difference between the saved and the unsaved. And by the way, for your information, every year, according to CNN, the news group CNN, every year in the United States, 38 children die from being left in hot automobiles in the summertime. Every year, 38, on average, 38 little children, infants, one-year-old, two-year-old, little children, suffocate and die because their parents or someone, a guardian, left them in a hot car with the windows rolled up. Apparently, from ever since 1998, there's been over 800 children die as a result of of being left in hot cars. By the way, the temperature in the hot car will, will hit 48 degrees Celsius. It, it can do that. 100, 120 or more Fahrenheit, 48 degrees Celsius. It can do that. It can get that high. What will people's bodies look like when the sun starts scorching them? Now, today we've got this big emphasis on the human body and and to make it look pretty and all of the different uh, systems and medications and, and, and people have good looking bodies. Hollywood people always seem to have good looking bodies. Models who model clothing and things. They, they pride themselves on having good looking bodies. What are they going to look like when the sun gets finished with them? They'll be scorched. Have you ever seen someone? who spent too much time out in the sun and they look like a lobster. Maybe, maybe it's happened to you. It happened to my wife and I on our honeymoon back in 1981. We went down to Miami beach. We spent too much time in the, in the hot sun. 
And, and this is back 39 years ago. And we weren't on the beach that long. And we got barbecued on our honeymoon. We were pretty red. We got photographs. They're funny now, but at the time it wasn't so funny. I'll tell you. Well, that was back in 1981. It's worse now. The UV index has gone way up. It's worse now. I, I believe that, that uh, life is going to be miserable for people. Come the second half of the tribulation with sores and blood to drink and uh, all of the, the scorching and so on. All right. By the way, these plagues, they don't come slowly, incrementally. They come fast. They come quickly. And I think it's going to be catching people by surprise. Someone says, well, pastor, won't they have uh, sunscreen to put on their, their skin to protect them? Sunscreen protects against the ultraviolet. It doesn't protect against the heat. They're going to get scorched from the heat of the sun. All right, let's move on here. Let's get the old clicker going here. And we've got darkness. We've got darkness. Darkness. Look at verse 10. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast and his kingdom was full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues for pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. Wow. So we have darkness being poured out upon what's called the seat of the beast. Now there's a lot of speculation as to where this is. And the truth is we just don't know for sure. We have a few ideas. We just don't know. Could it be Rome, Italy? Could it be London, England? Could it be all of America? Wherever the antichrist is going to set up his kingdom, he's going to have the seat. The devil's going to give him the, the seat where he'll sit. And it's going to, be darkness, perhaps no means of artificial light either. Perhaps no light bulbs, no candles, maybe some sort of fog of some, some sort will block out all light. We just don't know. We're just speculating, but the unsaved people in what the book of revelation calls Babylon, they will gnaw their tongues for pain, not because of the darkness. That's not what's going to cause the pain. I'll tell you what causes the pain. It's all the sores from the first plague. And it's all of the scorching. When the sun scorched them, they're going to be gnawing their tongues for pain. You say, what about morphine? What about Tylenol? We don't know if the drug companies will be in business in the world at that point. We look around and, COVID-19, COVID-19 is a walk in the park compared to what's coming. I think you'll agree. And during COVID-19, the world is having trouble, you know, getting its act together. We were short on toilet paper. There was a run on toilet paper oh, a couple months back. Will the drug companies be able to keep up the demand for Tylenol and morphine. 
Don't know. Maybe they won't be able to. But it says here that they will blaspheme God because of their pains and their sores, and they will not repent. They're going to keep on worshiping the beast. They're going to fail to give glory to the one true God. Now, folks, we need to make a couple of applications here. This is serious stuff we're talking about. This is worse than any Hollywood movie. If you've ever watched any kind of apocalyptic type of Hollywood movie, you're sitting there and you know, it's just a movie. These are actors. Oh, look at all of the gore and the blood. It's makeup. They're in perfect health. They're in perfect safety and comfort. And when they, when the director says cut, it's a print and the cameras turn off and the, the lights dim, they pick themselves up off the floor and they walk to their dressing room and they take off all the makeup and they go out for a party. The people in the second half of the tribulation, especially there's no party. This isn't makeup. This is real gore. Now, if all this stuff is going to be happening in the next few short years, that means that you and I who know the Lord Jesus, that means that us, we might know of some people right now who are not saved, who are going to end up in the tribulation, maybe in this latter half. We may know of some people. I wonder who it is that you know who's going to take the mark of the beast and end up in this horrible, horrible world and then to eventually die and spend eternity in hell. You see how serious this is. Folks, application number one, this world is not our home. It is not our home. We are ambassadors here. We're passing through. Our home is up in heaven. Our citizenship is with Jesus Christ in heaven. Jesus has gone to prepare a mansion for us. Hallelujah. We're only here a short little period of time. Let's not act as if this is where it's at. Don't get the idea. Young people don't get the idea that you got the next 40 years ahead of you. You're going to go off to some worldly university and get some worldly degree so that you can get into the world and make all kinds of money. Don't you get that idea? We may be out of here tomorrow. I pity the Christians who are living for this world. What a mistake. Oh, beloved, let's not you and I be part and parcel of that. Let's live for the Lord Jesus. He died for us. He's coming for us. This world is not our home. Hell is a place of pain and suffering and darkness. The seat of the beast is going to become that place where the Antichrist sits in his power. And it's a place encompassed by power. It will be powerful and beautiful and wealthy beyond imagination. And many people of the world will desire to be there but we'll find that the seat of the beast will become a hell on earth. Pardon 
the expression. But this thing called the seat of the beast, this, this Babylon area, where who knows how many tens or hundreds of millions will, will flock and assemble themselves and live. That thing is going to, it'll become like a, a Sodom and Gomorrah and it'll be turned upside down on their own heads. Like the foolish woman of Proverbs chapter nine, who calls out to foolish people around her. And apparently they want to enter into her house. But it says in Proverbs nine eighteen, it says, but he knoweth not that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. Application one, this world is not our home. Application two, give God all of your heart. Would you do that? Give him all there is of you. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Listen, we've, we've been blessed of God to have a Bible college. If you're not physically able to come and attend Bible college and get training, then take Bible courses online. They'll be available in just a few weeks. That's what you want. The unsaved people will not worship God. They will worship the Antichrist. And God is asking for our hearts, every part of our heart. And we must love and adore him above all else. Partial heart worship is not good enough. It's like what Joshua said in Joshua chapter 24. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Folks, there's still a couple of more plagues coming. And these things are even scarier than the first five we've looked at. Now, I'd like to ask you to close your eyes and pray. And we'll have a word of prayer. After which, I'd like to encourage you to go to our donation page and make a donation to help the ministry. Help our church. Help our missionaries. Also, I want to ask you if you would make a donation to our dear sister Myra. And please help her. If you were in that situation and everything you had went up in smoke, and you had nothing but the clothes on your back. Wouldn't you be appreciative if your church family came and helped you out? Dear Heavenly Father, we are reminded this world is not our home. We pray that you would please encourage us and help us to live for Jesus and do everything we can. And Father, I pray that you would touch the hearts of some young people to come to Bible college while they still have time and prepare their lives to serve you. Oh, Father, now, Lord, please receive our offerings for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you go to the donation page now and serve the Lord? God bless you as you do.